Walker Consultants is proud to sponsor this episode. Through 23 nationwide office locations, Walker offers a wide spectrum of specialists and renowned experts who bring effective and practical solutions to complex challenges. Please visit them at walkerconsultants.com to learn more. And on a personal note, I've used them and they're great. This episode is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, the world's largest association of professionals in parking, transportation, and mobility. Learn more at parking-mobility.org. Hello and welcome to The Parking Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the $100 billion parking industry and the people that make it go. I'm your host, Isaiah Mao, and this is The Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. Welcome back to another episode of The Parking Podcast. Joining us on the podcast today is Kevin White, parking and mobility consultant with Walker Consultants. How are you doing today, Kevin? I'm well, Isaiah. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I know. I think you... You've been on before, right? Were you on one of the special COVID episodes? I for, was, for yeah. Yeah, yeah so I was. I, I promised I really wanted to get you back on to do a full uh, episode. So, so thanks so much for, for coming back. Absolutely. All right. So I see from your LinkedIn, you graduated from the University of Wisconsin. In addition, you graduated with the master's in urban and regional planning. So, you know, a lot of times the uh, the joke is, you know, you didn't go to school to study parking, but you, you almost did. You, you, went to, you went to school to study right. urban and regional planning. So what, what, what got you interested in planning at such an early age? Yeah, so my undergraduate degree actually was in ecology and natural resources management. And over time, I became more and more interested in communities and man-made and natural systems and, you know, how things like land use and policy inter- intersects with things like parking and transportation systems. And that brought me to planning I started with a firm focusing on community development planning, dealing with things like comprehensive planning and zoning issues. I then transitioned into a boutique pedestrian and bicycle planning firm, you know, engaging with clients on active transportation projects. And since then, I've really morphed into parking mobility planning and policy for cities, universities, and other clients. And it's been a great experience so far, and I've gotten to work on a lot of diverse projects. And earlier in my career, I actually spent some time in a capacity as a planner for a town in Wisconsin in one of my roles as a consultant. I think this you know, experience really gave me a, a real nuts and bolts perspective into how communities operate day to day and how they enact policies and programs that affect people's lives. And I think it really rooted me in planning as a field. And I started thinking more and more about this nexus of transportation and land use and human systems and I think that led me to the parking mobility industry. And as I've gotten more and more into the industry, I've really come to realize, you know, the deep interactions that parking mobility systems and options and operations and policies have with things like access to jobs and prosperity, equity, environmental health and quality of life. And I think having that planning background really gives me a unique perspective on the parking mobility industry. No, yeah, for sure. I, uh, I was already in parking, but I read a book called The Devil in the White City. Have you ever heard of that book? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's about the, what was it, the 1893 Chicago World's mm-hmm. Fair with mm-hmm. um, uh, Daniel Burnham and Frederick Law Olmsted, but it, more about architecture, I think, but a lot of planning went into developing that. Absolutely. And just reading about this Frederick Law Olmsted, and when, then I went on to read his biography. You know, he, of course, uh, did the Central Park and the Biltmore State Grounds. Yeah, that really got me interested in it. And then I kept reading more about that. And then I decided to, this year I wanted to start studying for the AICP exam. Yeah. A little sidetrack with COVID. They, they had to cancel the, the, I was supposed to test in April, but I think I may have a chance to 
test it in October, but I see you do have that credential. So tell us, yeah. tell us about that. The AICP uh, credential. Why was that something? Uh, yeah, you well, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know about Frederick Law Olmsted, so it sounds like you're on your way to studying for the exam. But planning, you know, such a broad field, and I think the accreditation sets a professional standard of performance and ethics, and sort of unifies the field under one common umbrella. And it, I think, it gives planners, uh, certainly credibility as we go into communities, you know, talking about parking mobility systems for working on projects to kind of right-size parking assets, you know, understanding how parking and mobility fit into the broader perspective of the system and of the community um, is, is a really beneficial thing to, to bring to the fold. I actually just registered and am planning to take my CAP exam later this year. So maybe we can exchange notes and help each other study there. Oh man, I like the plan. Although I'm bound because I'm on the board, the chair of the cap board, so I'm bound oh. for like secrecy, <laughs> secrecy and I signed yeah. away all my all my rights <laughs> yeah. to tutor and mentor. But I could definitely connect you with someone. No, Fair but, enough. but I will take your uh, free uh, AICP yeah. testing notes. So. No, that's yeah. awesome. So I know you've been with a, f- a few parking consultants. Now you're with Walker Consultants. So again, we have a lot of experience with Walker. I think they're great, but. What, what do you like about Walker and what makes it a special company to work for? Yeah, so I'm relatively new to Walker, but it's been around since 1965. We're all employee owned. We have some really great people, 300 plus employees across the U.S. Our services include you know, parking mobility planning, operations, engineering, technology design. We have a forensics and restoration team. We do some work internationally as well. And I really value the collaborative nature of the firm, the fact that we invest really hard in internal research and development. And there's a real drive at the firm to be the leaders in the discussion and the thought leaders in the industry. And, you know, I think the firm really empowers consultants to sort of stake their place in in the industry and to grow and adapt as professionals so that we can be on that leading edge. You know, you've seen us in in the discussion boards about what's going on with COVID. I mean, these are things as a firm that we're really promoting and, and trying to stay out in front of. We focus on leveraging a lot of deep client relationships and delivering high quality work and on the topic of diversity, you know, we're working internally to really review protocols and implement improvements um, on the subject of diversity to really, you know, help establish um, things like internal employee resource groups. No, that's great stuff, especially the, the time that we're, we're living in right now. So what's your role with uh, Walker Consultants? Is it tied to a specific, you know, vertical or market? For example, do you specialized with airports or universities, or is it more of the, the towns and municipalities based on your, you having an AICP uh, planning certification? Yeah, it's really all of the above. So I'm a parking mobility consultant in our consulting resources group. So I'm on the parking mobility planning and studies side of that group. And embedded in that group as well, we have a car park management systems group, and they help leverage clients with a whole variety of on and off street you know, technology and operations question, questions. And that group, I think, is a real asset for us as planners. And I'm focused on serving a range of, you know, municipal, university, university, uh, airport, private clients with a variety of planning and feasibility studies, operations, and financial analyses. My work is really varied. Finishing up some shared parking projects right now for some private developer clients. I'm working on a project for a university looking at different financial and operational implications of them shifting student permit pricing models. And I'm working with two different municipal clients right now on sort of building these parking mobility toolkits for them to help them really develop a framework for providing and and managing and operating parking mobility systems as some of these urban core areas in their cities 
begin to redevelop and take shape. Um, and over the past several years as a firm, I mean, we've really focused on building our capacity and resources and personnel and sort of this mobility realm that I'm in right now. For example, we have dedicated internal you know, research teams that look at transportation demand management and sort of the emerging curbside management issues around you know, what's going on with COVID and what's going on with commercial loading zones to really think about ways that we can position ourselves and help clients in the market with those emerging topics. Yeah, that, that's a wide range of uh, things you, you have your, your foot in. Uh, absolutely. Is that the expression, absolutely. foot in? That's hands. a wide Yeah, it is. It keeps it very interesting, and, and no two days are the same, that's for sure. Yeah, but that actually leads perfectly, a perfect segue into the, our is. next question, because we want to talk about range, as I call it. But no, it's about this article that you wrote. I think it was published a, a few months back in the IPMI magazine. It was actually front cover. So congrats there. But Thank I think you. it was called, yeah, yeah, yeah br- brilliant piece. And with some great guests, if I must say, because I, <laughs> yeah. I, I contributed to that. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's called Cultivating the Next Generation of Parking Professionals. Right. So it's something I really enjoyed interviewing with you about it because it's something I've thought a lot about. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. So maybe will you give us just an overview of the sure. article and then I can dive in with some further questions. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. I mean, it's really struck me since I've been in the industry, the way that I always hear people on this podcast, actually, in other settings say that, you know, I fell into parking or I got into this industry by accident, or I didn't set out to be in the industry. It found me. Everyone seems to have an interesting story. And you always ask folks that, you know, when they start out as guests on your podcast, and I'm always intrigued to hear those stories. But when I hear these stories and about these paths into the industry and their backgrounds are often very diverse and their paths are very meandering. And I think a lot of people in our industry don't really aspire specifically uh, to set out to be in this, in this industry the way that people want to be doctors or lawyers or other professions. But once they're here, I mean, they're passionate about the industry and what it has to offer. And so I got to thinking about our, a range of questions and you know, I started to wonder why that's the case and what the associated benefits and implications are. I started to think about things like, you know, what is it about this industry that attracts people from such a range of backgrounds? How does this affect the industry relative to its people and its expertise? You know, how should the industry attract and cultivate the next generation of professionals in light of all of this? And, and especially in light of just how much the parking mobility landscape is changing. And so with all these questions in mind, I set out to talk to several industry partners, yourself included, um, just to understand their own background, their paths to the industry, their perspective on these topics. And so my article explores sort of the multifaceted and changing nature of the industry, the different paths into the profession and what that means for the profession. And, and with all of this in mind, it explores, you know, how should we be thinking about attracting and cultivating the next generation of leaders and professionals in the, in, in the industry? And so you know, I set out writing the article thinking about diversity of thought and diversity of experience rather than racial or other types of diversity. But I think with what's going on as a, as a nation in the moment that we're in, I think it, the article has taken on definitely a, some new meaning, which is interesting to think about as well. Yeah. So what about diversity of background? So like you said, you spoke to a lot of professionals. So what were some that kind of stood out that, you know, I, we had Brian Wolf on the podcast a few months back, and he had a big pharma background. I've seen yeah. military, banking. Uh, what, 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 did you see any common themes, or what are some that 
that were really stood out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I spoke to several industry professionals about their backgrounds and their past in, into the industry, their perspectives on these issues. And I think a strong overarching theme to all my conversations was that, you know, the diversity of people, backgrounds, experiences, perspectives, that's what makes this industry unique and special. And I think like any industry, we have specialists, but this industry also attracts and provides an excellent home for generalists, you know, people that can leverage their unique perspectives to contribute and succeed. And once people are in the industry, I think we do a good job of exposing them to a range of opportunities that further develop their sets of skills and add more knowledge and capabilities to that set as well. And, you know, I think this industry brings all sorts of people into the fold, as you mentioned, and it's this diversity of background that keeps this industry innovating and keeps it unique. And it's almost like you know, we bring diversity in and we get diversity out as well. And I think the more innovation that can happen, you know, once these individuals get a chance to grow in, in their career in this industry, the better. And, and I think that innovation is perfectly suited for our industry, especially now with things changing so rapidly. I think we need to be nimble and folks need to be passionate, interdisciplinary and forward thinking and, and flexible to that changing environment. Yeah. I, and we talked about, during our interview, we talked about I just read a book called Range. I think it was mm-hmm. the author, who was the author? David Epstein. Epstein, yeah. Yeah, Epstein. So, but he, he talks a lot about that, just the, you know, in a world full of specialists, it's a lot of these people that have the, the range, the generalists, the, the, the jack of all trades, master nuns. I think for some reason, I don't know what it is about the parking industry, those people tend to uh, generally excel. You know, they, they have, yeah. they, they kind of land it. You hear them all say the thing, they land into, or does duck. Dr. Shoup puts it more eloquently. They they backed into parking. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, it's it's, it's that's why it, it kind of struck a chord because I just read that book and then reading reading your article just just hit home because it's kind of what I've been thinking but couldn't quite put it into words. So you yeah you and you, you you know you talk about the next generation of parking professionals. So so is it changing now or be, are we becoming more uh, as we get more literature more we're, we're becoming more as a one in, in the parking industry. Does this change at all? Like what skill sets, approaches, perspectives, or experiences do you think the next generation of industry professionals will need and why? So. Yeah, I mean, I think we as industry professionals certainly have a critical role to play in, in attracting and cultivating the next generation of professionals. I think, you know, given the changing nature of the industry and the landscape, especially now with the effects of COVID-19, I think it's incumbent on us to really recruit people uh, from a a wide net of folks um, into the industry. And I think it's this diversity of experience and perspectives that's more important now than ever. This notion of, as you said, being a generalist in the book, they talk about you know, how society is really pushing uh, folks and and sectors of, of our economy to be more and more specialized. But uh, they talk about how generalists really flourish when their parameters are more uncertain, you know, and I think this industry is is perfectly suited for that. I think the parameters are often uncertain and and folks have to be uh, nimble. And, and I've reflected on that in light of this article and in light of my own experience. You know, I, I value interdisciplinary ideas and this notion of process and being able to bring unique perspectives about how parking mobility fit in with larger community ideas and how systems work together. And I think, you know, that's just one example of, of you know, the unique thinking that we need and the broad and uh, interdisciplinary thinking that we need to bring into the fold into this industry. And I think we certainly have to seek out people passionate about data and analytics and cloud computing and systems and operations as 
we get more technology driven as an industry, but I think we also have to look to the arts, you know, to communications and business and logistics and other sectors to find professionals. And I think we need to embrace the diversity of experience and thought in the industry and really build on that. And it's about keeping our eyes open and looking for folks that are seeking new opportunities, looking for, you know, to non-traditional avenues to attract folks and being open-minded and not exclusionary about you know, who we bring into the fold, as long as people are passionate and able to be flexible, you know, I think that, you know, we want them. And I think in some ways we can, we can teach the parking, but we can't really teach the ability to be nimble and and to be flexible. And, and we want that broad set of experiences because I think it really benefits uh, the industry. But I think, you know, as far as challenges are concerned, you know, we, we need to think about how we can remain competitive you know, with other industry sectors as well in terms of attracting folks, because this is an exciting industry. And I think, you know, you can make a tremendous impact in this industry. Yeah, a couple of things. I got to follow up to that, but I can't tell you how many times I've told a team member or a client, just, I'm not worried about the parking experience. Yes, it is important. And there's the cap and other professional certifications are, are so important. They, I think you do. A lot of times it's like, Give me someone with a good attitude that has a right that has the can be nimble and willing to learn, and I can teach them parking. So it's it's I like how you talked about that, but yeah, as you talked about what attracting professionals. I mean, what can the industry do to better position and market ourselves? You know, because right. the joke's all, you know, I never thought I'd end up in parking, or <laughs> uh, you know, I did, but it actually is such an exciting and profitable industry with a lot of opportunities. So what do you think we can do yeah. to, to better, yeah, attract uh, talented professionals coming out of grad school, out of the, right. the Ivy League schools, and yeah, jumping. I didn't, I didn't ever think I was going to be in this industry either, right? So this is an interesting question. I mean, I think certainly among some that maybe have a more idealistic sense of of how they want to contribute to the world or have a misconstrued notion of this industry, I think maybe we have an identity crisis a bit and could benefit from some rebranding and promotion because. For those idealists out there, you know, you can make a tremendous impact and, and, you know, but I think the issue is people don't think about parking mobility systems as much and uh, that much unless they're not working very well, you know, unless you're experiencing some negative thing firsthand yourself. Uh, But this is an exciting field where you can make a big impact on your community. This is, this feels at the forefront of thinking about autonomous vehicles and shared mobility, curb management, smart cities, big data, the vision of cities and communities for the future and equity and accessibility. I mean, there's some cutting edge technologies and solutions being embedded in this industry that are super exciting for a range of of professionals. And I think these are the themes that I heard from the folks that I interviewed, you know, parking mobility professionals provide a community asset, you know, access to a job, to healthcare, to recreation, cultural enrichment. They promote economic goals, equity goals, contribute to a sense of place. It's about a lot more than meters and pay stations and parking garages and lots. And there are some of the best professionals in the world in this industry and every day is a new experience. I think the people in this industry really value hard work and they value professionalism and they're really willing to go out of their way to help you know, others in the industry succeed. That's really something I've felt since I've been in the industry and I've really come to enjoy just meeting people and, and learning about the different resources and, and getting to understand people's stories and figure out how we can all help each other out. And I think, you know, we welcome all types of people and backgrounds and experiences into the fold. And as long as you're passionate, motivated and creative um, and, and driven, you know, we want you in this industry because we know that 
that benefits the field and that benefits the communities that we're in. And, and so I think that's the story we have to tell people as we're marketing the industry to folks. Yeah, no, spot on. I agree. And I think, you know, that's my question in the future. Is it, are they no longer falling into parking? Do we have, I don't know if there's going to be college majors in parking, but just a more deliberate way of pulling in talent from, from different, from different backgrounds and, and, and disciplines, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I pondered this too. Um, I pondered this notion of, as you said, you know, do we need some sort of undergraduate or graduate level higher education training? You know, I think there's always going to be specialized professionals that this industry needs. And as I said, data science, cloud computing, uh, logistics, those sorts of things. But, you know, I think in general, a formal educational track may risk narrowing the pool, if you will, uh, of folks coming into this industry in ways that might be counterproductive. And I also think, as I said, people don't really understand what this industry has to offer. So in some ways, it's about self-promotion. But I think our industry and its professionals really benefit from people just sort of meandering and, and letting them you know, get these rich, rich experiences and come into our industry and, and impart those on us. And I think training someone as a parking professional from the beginning may water them down, as they say. And we have to let folks get those perspectives and, and come into our industry and, and impart those on us. And we shouldn't be, I think, narrowly focused on one particular mindset when we go out and recruit the next generation of professionals. We need to be welcoming folks from a broad you know, diverse uh, set of skills and a diverse set of backgrounds. And I think once people are in the industry, it's about leveraging programs like CAP and other industry development programs, training programs to help kind of set that proficiency level, that industry standard, and, and kind of working on building and developing people from within. Yeah. So I was in banking before I, before I joined parking and it wasn't great for me. I didn't enjoy myself. It's so you know, rigid, there's rules for everything. It's so controlled, obviously, with, with, with banking laws and, and all that. But I got into parking and it, you know, 10, you take 10 operations managers running an operation and they could all get to the same end goal and go 10 different routes. And right. I really like that because, again, we're talking about range and, and thinking outside the box or thinking of creative ways, just what's the best, right. most efficient way to solve this problem, this challenge. And um, it's still that way, you know, you're presented with a consulting problem or challenge and, and you think of solutions in different mm-hmm. ways based on just your experience or what you've learned or just thinking about things differently. So I just love the idea of, you know, promoting range and looking at the benefits of someone that's, again, good at a lot of things and, and right. <laughs> master of none, but. Yeah. And that's exciting too, right? Cause you learn from other people that are doing things a little bit differently and you can and sort of take little nuggets from what they're doing and apply it to your situation. And I think, you know, that's what makes this, this industry exciting to sort of leverage those experiences that people bring to the fold and, and start to then use to implement their own processes that might, as you say, be a little different, but then we all can learn and benefit from. I think that, that's what really makes this an enriching industry to be in. Yeah. So what do you think are some of the next steps for individuals as they, as they think about their, their role in all this? Yeah, you know, I just I would just tell folks to reflect on their own path to the industry, you know, think about their own story, you know, think about what they can do to help an industry colleague to give someone a new opportunity or to give them a chance to learn a new skill. I also think about, you know, lending a hand to folks that are coming to you for for mentorship, for guidance, you know, for a letter of recommendation. I think these are all things that we can do, you know, if we do collectively, I think those make a big uh, impact on people and 
as I said, I mean, there's some of the greatest people that I've, I've ever met in this industry. And I think that's what makes it great. And I think just the more that you can get out and meet people and as you say, learn ideas and learn about new ways of, of doing things and, and hear people's story, you know, where do they come from? How do they get to where they are? And, and think about ways that you can kind of connect folks. That, that's what we need to be doing as an industry. And, and what month was the article on if our listeners want to get their hands on, on a copy of the article? Yeah, so this was the July 2020 issue of Parking Mobility. Yeah, and then I, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I hate talking about me, but you know, I think it fits right in. I told you when we had our interview, but I, I, I really take this to heart in my own life. Like every year, I try to find between ten and twenty new things and try try to learn new skills, new craft. It could be something silly. You know, this year was learn how to solve a Rubik's cube, learn how to make animal balloon, animal balloons, uh, learn how to do CrossFit and just, I don't know. I just feel that when you just get too much inside your own box and you, I think there's so much benefit to just putting yourself out there, trying to learn new things. It's, it could be embarrassing, could be painful, but I get a lot of pride and energy off of that growing and learning. And, yeah. uh, I, you know, it just kind of ties in here to, to listeners, right. to just learning new skill, learning something new. Maybe you, you know, you don't know about on street. You, you focus your whole career on off street. You know, we'll start studying that, looking at that, um, right. getting involved with CAP, just always challenging yourself to grow and learn new skills. It's it's going to pay off in the long run. CrossFit. Wow. I, try, I tried that with my wife. It's pretty, pretty intense, but I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it, it forces your brain to sort of think about things in a different way and, and ask questions and, and learn about uh, you know, different perspectives on an issue and, and, you know, meet new people along the way. I, I totally agree with you. I think it, it, it helps us sort of get, get outside of our own box, as you say. I think it's a really, really good approach to this. Yeah. And so you said you, you tried CrossFit with your wife, but I'm assuming that did not continue. So what, what do you do when you're not yeah. consulting on parking and, and mobility? Right. What, what does Kevin White do for fun? Yeah. So I have three kids, including a two-year-old daughter. So that certainly keeps us it's very busy. Um, I also, you know, we live in Minnesota. I really enjoy being outside in nature, getting, getting out and hiking, exploring what Minnesota has to offer. And uh, outside of that, cooking, really enjoy cooking, mostly on the savory side. I think I've often thought about, you know, planning is, is sort of this, you know, visionary thing. And we don't often see the, a beginning, a middle, and an end. We don't really have often a tangible product from our work. And so I was reflecting on that and thinking about cooking and, and realizing that I think the reason I like cooking is that you can kind of develop a plan, you know, what do I want to cook? What ingredients do I have and, and execute it? And then you have this sort of tangible payoff all within the course of a half an hour or an hour, and then you can enjoy that with, with others. And so that, that is, is something I really enjoy is, is, is just setting out and cooking a meal and, you know, doing date night when the, when the kids are in bed uh, on the weekends. Oh man, that's great. That's um, again, you know, one year uh, I'll have uh, cooking on, on the list so I can <laughs> exactly I can, I can learn. But yeah, there's a lot to be said about that too. I'm big on that. I like projects that can be finished. Right. You know, even yeah. with the podcast, I get kind of discouraged because I just think this will go on forever. So then I thought this year I could do a season one. You know, then it's finished. I take a break, then start season two, and that's been helped my my <laughs> my right. motivation and energy. But yeah, and I I find that too. I'll I'll do little tasks around the house, and I put it on an app, and when I'm done, I get to hit the button. Isn't it? That feels good. Yeah, dude, that's yeah. my dopamine <laughs> rush. Like 
others look for that those instagram comments and likes and and facebook pictures like mine is is knocking something off a to-do list i totally agree my (laughs) kids were my kids wanted a a playhouse and so i i I sort of conceived of this one playhouse, dripped some plans and over the course of a weekend built, built a playhouse in our woods in our backyard. And that was really refreshing to have this project that started and there was a middle and then there was an end and the payoff. So it's good. I mean, often in our, yeah, often in our, our work, we don't get that. And I think it's, it's very refreshing to get that outside of work. Kevin, how can listeners get in contact with Walker consultants or you in particular, if they have uh, further questions or want some consulting help because they are awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So our website is walkerconsultants.com. Um, my email is K W H I T E at walkerconsultants.com. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining the parking podcast. I'm so glad we got you back on here after I read that article. I knew I had to had to get you on here to talk about this and uh, we really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks, Isaiah. Thanks for having me on and thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah, man. As long as there's an end in sight. That's right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. To our listeners, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Parking Podcast. Please leave us a review and tell a friend about our show. It would mean a lot. This has been a production of Synchronicity Media, produced by me, Isaiah Mao. Our music and score is by Zona. Our show art and design is by the talented Allison Gilly. You can follow us on social media at The Parking Podcast, or you can find our website with bonus content at parkingcast.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. This episode is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, publishers of the industry's only soup-to-nuts textbook about all things parking. It's called A Guide to Parking, and several of our guests from previous episodes have contributed to this wonderful little textbook. Learn more and order your own copy at parking-mobility.org textbook.